You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door. You get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable lossy dealer for details. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere else you get your podcasts on your smartphone device. And you know the drill. If you have an Apple phone, for example, find the podcast purple button. Everyone has its own podcast icon. Once you're there, you hit search, and then just type in ML Sports Platter. Hit subscribe, leave some feedback and a five-star review. The ML Sports Platter, all a part of the Brawl Network. And hit me on Twitter, at MikeLSports and at Network Brawl. And check out all the other podcast shows. Great talent and content across the board. This podcast is presented by Bryant and Stratton College, Stanley Law Offices, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and Rosie's Corner. If you're in and around Central New York, pizza, pasta, Hot and cold subs, the wings are to die for as well. Rosie's Corner is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. I am thrilled to bring on to the program a college football Hall of Famer, a two-time national champion, a guy whose resume speaks for itself, and his teams won two national championships in 1989 and 1991 at Miami. How about this record as a college football head coach? 179-96-1. And, and he was also head coach of two teams in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. We bring him in, Dennis Erickson. Dennis, it's Mike Lindsley. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm doing really good. Doing really good. I'm out here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and right on the lake here. And a little cold, but it's a good life. Nice. Well, let's let's start just kind of you know reminiscing a little bit. I mean, the, the the Miami days were were some unbelievable times for you, and and it was when it was the you, and it it was the swagger and the winning and the national brand and program and all the rest. Um, do do you do you think back to those times and just kind of shake your head at the amazing accomplishments ever you know on a day to day basis now? Yeah, without a question. I, you know, I keep in contact with a lot of the guys that, that played and those that coach with me there. And uh, obviously, you spend time. We're going to have a, re, a reunion of the 1991 national championships uh, next fall, and uh, we've already had one with the '89 championship. And had a great turnout. So, yeah, it was an amazing ride. It really was. It was uh, obviously those jobs were probably harder than most because you've got to follow guys like Kyle Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson in there and, and mm-hmm. uh, who had won national championships but uh, we were able to, to do that I was there six years and we won two of them and had a chance to win a couple other ones so uh, but yeah it was a it was, it was really fun uh, you know I learned a lot about a lot of different things coaching that uh, in that program I mean football was the most important thing to those players coming out of high school. A lot of them were from the state of Florida, of course, but we had them from other places. And, and uh, they were fun to be around. Uh, you know, the swag, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was, uh, they taught me about swag. And 
was a lot of fun coaching them. I'll tell you, you know, back in those days too, you know, it was just a who's who of names through the years of of, of pro football players and. Uh, you know, in some cases, Hall of Famers future. You, you're one of those Hall of Famers. You know, you're a college football Hall of Famer, which is just, it's an awesome, awesome honor. Um, you speak to the swagger there, Dennis. Did, did, did you guys, when you, I mean, was it a week to week just you felt like you were going to win every week because of how confident and, and good you were? I mean, you, you have to know at some point how good you are. You know, going to Miami from, from where I coached before at Washington State, we had a couple of good seasons or one good season there. And, and, but it was different than any place I've been because just what you said, uh, they practiced, uh, played uh, like they knew they would win every game. That was the attitude. And they had fun playing the game. People call it swag and celebrating and all, all those different things. But it's just how they played. That's how they were raised. You know, I used to get upset, you know, when people would, you know, say bad things about what they, celebrations and all that stuff and so forth, because our, our guys were just having fun playing, but, but they were good players too, so they were very intimidating uh, most of the time. So you, you obviously went on to, and we'll kind of start mixing it in here, you know, your college and your pro careers, but you, you ended up going to the NFL and coaching the Seahawks, and you coach the 49ers. A lot of times players, Dennis, will say from Power Fives, 80,000 capacity stadiums, you know, the Alabamas, the Miamis, the LSUs, the Florida States, Florida, you know, Oklahoma, across the country, that when they get to the pros, there's no deer-in-headlight moment when you run out of the tunnel because, frankly, in some cases, you're playing in front of less fans in the NFL than you might in the college. What is it in the college ranks? What is it like for a coach, though, to go from those, you know, one situation to, to the next? Is it kind of similar in terms of, well, I, there's no way I'm going to face more pressure here than I did at Miami. We got to build a program that was, you know, picked to win every week, right? So is the pressure, is the pressure kind of like that? Same feeling like with with the players that you don't even like bat an eye at it at that point. Well, the NFL obviously is, is different because there's a lot of influence uh, from a lot of people in the organization and uh, in the people that uh, run the organizations. Uh, they let the head coach do things that he wants to do, and he got a chance to, to win. You look at the NFL teams that have had success over the years, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. The coach had the final say and everything that went on. But that's not how it is with every team. Uh, every team, you don't have a choice of your players. Um, you know, it's the scouts and sometimes the general managers, depending on what kind of a program you're in. And uh, those that do have the final say uh, are, are very successful. So uh, it, it's different because everything's so equal in the National Football League. Any given day, anybody could beat anybody. And, and, you know, it's about money, spending money, uh, dealing with the cap, different things that, you know, you obviously don't deal with in, in, in college. And uh, the players aren't different. The players, I mean, if, if you can teach them and they can learn from you, become better players, they're going to do that. So people always say it's hard to coach those guys, but it really doesn't because they all want to. Really but yeah, it, it was different because you just 
almost all the time. You know, one turn or fumble or something like that in the NFL can cost you. You know, in Miami, we, we had better players than most of the teams that we played, so it was a little bit different that way, and it was a learning experience for me. And, uh, the Seattle uh, uh, situation was good. We, uh, we did a really good job there. We got turned around, you know, and then they made an ownership change. Obviously, when that happens, as you know, <laughs> and you're in an area right now where the NFL is big, but, you know, when, when, when that happens, and then you can only make a coaching change. That's, that's what happened with us in Seattle. And, and then the 49er thing, that was just a dumb move by me. Uh, that situation wasn't very good from the top to the bottom. So uh, I'm glad I, I had that experience. Had I done it again, I don't think I probably would have ever lo- left Miami. But, you know, that's things in the past. We're chatting here on the ML Sports Platter with Dennis Erickson, of course, the Miami uh, coaching legend and uh, former coach in the NFL as well. You know, you were part of those crazy (laughs) Florida State-Miami games, that rivalry, uh, you know, the the wide right one. Um, You know, uh, what what was Florida State-Miami week like for you? Oh, they're the most most fun that, uh, that we had. I mean, a lot of those players on both sides played against each other in high school, and they knew each other. Sure. And, uh, and in those days, the best athletes in all of college football were on, on, on that field when those two teams played because at that time, they were, they were the two teams were probably faster than any of the other teams in college football. And to me, it was all about speed. I mean, guys could really run in that team in, uh, in, in that game, and, and guys were – Flying all over the field, so it was a it was an interesting uh, series. Bobby Bowden, one of the great coaches of all time, and had the opportunity to coach against him six times. and was fortunate enough to win four of the six, but and two wide rights, as you were talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Can you go back maybe and 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 recall Dennis a, a, a couple of players? I, it's very difficult to just pick one. I know, but guys who you saw whether it was on your team or the competition where you were just like in awe of the player like whoa you know this guy's going to be fill in the blank do you remember the awe factor with some players well yeah there's no no question about it you know in our program you know there was a whole lot of them that played in the league and, and uh that were outstanding athletes. Um, you know, I think back to Cortez Kennedy, who mm-hmm. is no longer with us, but he was a defensive tackle and dominated the football game like I've never seen before. And when he was gone, we had a guy by the name of Warren Sapp that was basically the same way, and they both obviously are Hall of Fame pro football players. And, you know, those guys are really, really, really special. You know, the quarterbacks we had, we had Craig Erickson played in the league, Gino Toretta won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but, but you look back at, you know, some of the players that we played against. Uh, um, you look at uh, Florida State with uh, Deion Sanders and Marvin Jones, a linebacker. And, and uh, uh, you look at Notre Dame, the Rocket, you know, was a awesome football player. So you, you go through it and... and you know, there are a lot of good football players in that in that era, and uh, a lot 
lot of good ones that we, we competed against. But we had a lot of we had, I mean, for me to name players, you know, Ray Lewis was a pretty darn good player himself. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was pretty special. So you, uh, you hate to leave anybody out, but it's, uh, I'll tell you, it was, it was really a, a shock to me when, when I got to, uh, when I got to Miami and saw how they, how the players practiced, uh, the type of speed that we, you know, that, that they had at, uh, at Miami when, when I was there, we kept getting those kinds of guys, and, but the speed factor was the biggest thing. That, that, that probably, uh, took us a little further than most. I mean, we were uh, particularly on defense. And, you know, we had guys, and the, the theory was you recruit a you recruit a linebacker that's 235, 40 pounds, and he ends up playing defensive end. So instead of being a pretty fast uh, linebacker, he becomes a real fast defensive end. You know, and we would take uh, safeties. And they'd end up being linebackers, so you're taking guys and moving them. But that just gave you all kinds of speed on the on the football field. I tell you what, it, you're you're really nailing it there with the speed thing because you watch three thirty SEC football games, and then you watch a Pac-12 game, or you watch a MAC game, or you watch you know, an American athletic game or whatever the case may be. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is just a little different. These guys are getting to the, to the gaps quicker. They're getting to the sidelines quicker. They're, they're, they're almost just on the ball in the snap of a finger. And, and I, you know, live 15 minutes or so North of Syracuse. I grew up with Syracuse football in the heyday in the eighties and nineties in the big East. And, you know, that conference, well, obviously, and, um, you know, back then they had it, right? Now they, they don't, you know, have as much speed. And the game has changed a lot. And you know when you're playing a, a, a faster team. Um, what do you think in transitioning, having said all that, to today's game and, and the way it is with the offensive explosion? And obviously we know bigger, faster, stronger through the through the times as, as everything evolves. But uh, do you see more similarities, more differences from, you know, back when you coached and in, in, in the speed element now has really got to open your eyes, right, Dennis? Yeah, there's no question about it. And obviously, the Southeast Conference has probably got more speed in, in, than any league. Uh, that's that's just how it is. That's that's kind of the, the nature of where you recruit, and it's, and it's different than the Midwest or even uh, you know, Los California. And uh, so you see that you see that in the ACC and the SEC both. And you look at Clemson and and uh, Obviously, Alabama and Auburn, all, all those teams, and that's the biggest difference I see now. I know that when we uh, we played Nebraska for the first national championship, you know, I talked to Tom Osborne after after the game, and he said, "Well, how, how did you get this speed?" And so I kind of went through our recruiting deal, and you know what our theory was, and then the next time we played them for a national championship, which they won. Uh, their speed on defense was way, way better than it was the first time we played them. So, uh, yeah, it's different. I look now; everybody's spreading them out. We, you know, we kind of started all that stuff. To be honest with you, when I was coaching at, uh, you know, at the University of Idaho, and then on through, I mean, we were playing with three and four wides all the time, and you didn't see that. So, what what happened is, you know, you've got three wides and there are four, and they don't substitute on defense then. <laughs> So now you got a linebacker on a, you know, on a, on a really good receiver. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, 
that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, when it, and then what happened and how it's changed now is that everybody's doing that and they're putting an option in with it. And that's what everybody does. But what's happening to the defense is that you got to start playing, you know, five and six DBs in there. And uh, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, okay, you get six DBs in there and shoot, you're going to run the football at them. So you're taking guys out of the box. And, and uh, so that's the biggest difference now. Everybody's spreading it out. And, and we were really one of the first, probably the first college football to spread it out, you know, and started doing that one. I was an assistant for Jack Elway at San Jose State and uh, John's father. And, uh, you know, so now everybody's kind of doing the same thing. Doing it in the NFL now. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks in the National Football League, it's, you know, those guys are, they can run. Mm-hmm. And if you have a statue back there, you're not going to have a lot of success. There's no doubt, um, and, and and through the years, um, you know, as as you as you went on, you know, you you really are um, a prototypical example, Dennis, of of somebody who, you know, climbed the ladder. Um, and there there are a lot of, you know, guys who have done that. You know, the Sabins have done that, where you know you you start small, you start as a grad assistant, you know, you build yourself up, OC, head coach, etc. You know, smaller program, bigger program, huge stage, championships, uh, Miami. The U, the brand, the NFL, as you kept climbing up and up and up and up the ladder, um, get into the grind a little bit, uh, you know. And then obviously, I know that you bounce back to college too. But the 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 grind of 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 that lifestyle is just it's hard on the it's hard on the human body, isn't it, Dennis? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's on, it is. It's hard on the human body. It's hard on the family. Uh, you know, when you're moving, my my wife, Marilyn, and my my two sons they moved all over the darn place yeah. you know starting you know starting at Montana State where I where I played and being assistant at Fresno under Jim Sweeney and San Jose State under Jack and then you know then being head coach at Idaho and then moving to Wyoming for a year and then back to Pullman and to Miami and you know it's really hard on the kids because they got to move all the time and it's it's just it's and the wife and, and so it's really a difficult job. It really is not aspect of it. So did you know early, you know, that you wanted to be a head coach? When did you start to play with the idea? Well, I just wanted to coach. My dad uh, My dad was a high school coach in Everett, Washington, right out of Seattle. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was a head coach at, at uh, a high school in Everett. And then he left and went to the University of Montana oh. as an assistant coach many years ago, back in the 60s. And then uh, he left there and went with Jim Sweeney to Washington State. So he coached in college, too. So, you know, I was around it all. I was in locker rooms when I was five years old and yeah. riding buses and going to games and doing all that type of stuff. So I always wanted to coach. That was what I was going to do. Being a head coach, I mean, that didn't even in my mind early I just wanted to coach my first coaching job was a, I was a head high school coach at Billing Central High School Catholic High, high School in Montana and, uh, and I thought that was the greatest thing in the world I, I just wanted to coach and uh, wasn't really even thinking about being a head coach and then you know once you once you start doing that and you have some success then you get those opportunities and uh, you know it was you know I enjoyed coming up through the ranks because I think you need to do that to really, to really be good at it. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. A couple more for Dennis Erickson, the College Football Hall of Famer here, of course, two-time national champ with the Canes and a three-time Big East champ, two-time Pac-10 champ, three-time Pac-10 coach of the year, three-time Big East coach of the year in a state of Washington sports Hall of Famer. You're in a couple of Hall of Fames. I mean, College Football Hall of Fame, the Sports Hall of Fame, the state of Washington, Dennis, it's it's tremendous. Congratulations on both of those. Those are those are there forever. They can't ever take those away from you. Um, do you remember those days when you got the call, you got inducted, and, and that's 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 kind of the point, you know, where a baseball hall of famer or a pro football hall of famer will say, you know, this is this is the pinnacle and you you you, you think it, you feel it, you know, that you that you're probably be in the, that category, but you know, until you get I look at Charles Woodson on that NFL Network. I, I can't stop watching that clip where they tricked him, you know, where they, they uh, show up and yeah. say congrats to Canton, right? And you see him just lose it. Of course he probably knew that he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but the moment is when it hits, and it's like, oh, my goodness, it really is here. Take, take us yeah, back to those those days for you. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, the College Football Hall of Fame is a is, uh, – pyramid of, of uh, college coaching and, and you look at all the guys that are in the Hall of Fame and uh, to think that you're in the same group as, as those guys you think about Bear Bryant for example and uh, uh, all the guys that were in the Hall of Fame and, and, and to be considered with them as a football coach is pretty amazing to me and pretty exciting for me and that uh, and, and you know when you get an award like that it's, it's not it's not just Dennis Erickson it's it's Dennis Erickson's family it's it's Dennis Erickson's coaching staff that we all work together as one and and uh, so they all deserve the honor so that's what's fun about it because there are a lot of people involved in any success anybody has so back during the Miami days, obviously, you know, it was a different world, Big East Conference, you know, and now everybody went from the Big East to the ACC to Miami and Syracuse and Boston College and Pitt and Vatech and, and on and on it goes. Do, do you remember um, <clears throat> much about the Central New York visits in the Carrier Dome? Oh, yeah, without a question. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, some pretty good, pretty good players. <laughs> Marvin Gray, you can go on and on about those guys yeah. at, at Syracuse. You know, playing in that dome was, you know, was fun. We had some great games with them. You know, Boston College, they were tough, you know, all the time, you know. It was a pretty good conference, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, Frank Beamer did an unbelievable job at, at Tech. Yep. You know, and he's, he's one that's in the Hall of Fame, too, so. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, we were there when the when the league started. When I first went there, we were in a league, and uh, then they put that league together. And I thought it was a darn good football league. You know, West Virginia was pretty darn good. Sure, there were good teams, and uh, I don't know the how it happened and how they how they got out of that league and you know went to ACC or SEC. You know, we were never in the SEC. We were, I mean, the ACC was, of course, when I was coaching. We weren't in that in that league, but they've got it. Uh, you know, the ACC is, a good, is becoming a really good league. Uh, besides the SEC, and uh, we didn't play a lot of teams in the South. We didn't play. Obviously, we played Alabama when we were playing in the, for the national championship. But we, 
we didn't schedule very many Southeast Conference teams uh, in, the, in the period of time I was there. And, uh, of course, there weren't playoffs uh, or anything like that. You just you kind of held on when they were voting to who was number one. You know, <laughs> that's just how it is. I mean, we the first one we won in '89. We beat Alabama. And then, I think Colorado got beat or somebody got beat. We ended up coming in the back door because we didn't know the game had beat us. I mean, Florida State had beat us. And uh, so it's uh, it's fun, and you look at that. I mean, really, for us, that was the only thing we had because it wasn't, you know, a real league to start with. It was just a hmm. national championship or bust. That's, that's how it was. Yeah, and it was so fun. I, I mean, you know, I was a kid eh, going – going to the Dome and seeing all those terrific teams. And remember the 91 season when you guys won it all. Syracuse was uh, pretty good. I mean, they were top 15, that 10 and 2 that year, won, in the, won the Hall of Fame Bowl. And yeah, um, yeah. rosters littered with NFL guys too. And, and it was um, it was just a really good time. I've said for a long time, I think college football, you know, now it's just, man, it's, it's really Alabama, Clemson, and I know Ohio State this year, but for the most part, the last several years, it's been Clemson, Alabama, and everybody else. And... You know, back then it was maybe five to eight teams that were those powers with crazy great rivalries and, and so much going on. And that era was really something. I mean, when you think about the, the mid to late 80s into, you know, through your time into the mid to late 90s almost sort of thing, a little bit pre-BCS, you had the New Year's Day games back to back to back. You had Nebraska, Oklahoma every Friday after Thanksgiving, right? So it, it was that time that was so special. Dennis, final question for you. If, if if you if you could if you could use a mulligan anywhere in your career, where where would you use that mulligan? The do where's the do over for Dennis Erickson? Well, that would be easy. That uh, NFL that was, would then well, not the first time. Yeah, you know, I I had to find out what it was like. It was just you know I I was at Oregon State and we had turned that thing around and and uh, the year we beat Notre we beat Notre Dame in a Fiesta Bowl, you know, in two thousand. Mm -hmm. I mean wasn't even close and I didn't do my homework on that 49er job it was a it, at that time it was a mess because ownership changes and you know Barlow wasn't there any longer and and you know I just I made a stupid decision to, to take that job and leave Corvallis Oregon which I really enjoyed and, and the, the fans were great because they, they hadn't won much and uh so yeah, that, that's where I take my mulligan right there. Well, it, you know, it's it's amazing. It, you think back to certain things like that, and um, you know what what could have been. But you know, you would you would had the the resume and 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 the success. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. And I, I mean, it's just yeah, I go through it all, and and um, it's just been really terrific to have you and to chat with you again, Dennis Erickson, the two time national champion and uh, college football hall of famer uh, the college football uh, coaching legend here on the ml sports platter i i can't thank you enough dennis again i've been a fan for a long time um it's just been really awesome to hear your stories and 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 share uh those with with me here on the podcast and hopefully we can chat down the line and uh enjoy uh enjoy uh, life out outside and and get the get the nice air hit the nice breeze okay Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union. Log on to EmpowerFCU.com today. That's EmpowerFCU.com 
Find your peace of mind with Empower Federal Credit Union. A big thanks as well to Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Camillus Golf Club, Hides of Liverpool, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Log on to StanleyLawOffices.com. That's StanleyLawOffices.com. ML Sports Platter, big time thanks to Dennis Erickson. Terrific interview. The NFL and coaching great College Football Hall of Famer, two-time champion with the Hurricanes of Miami. Man, those teams were nasty back in the day when it was actually the U. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes and 9-Minute with Mike Lindsley segments all over Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and uh, all the other social media platforms as well. And, of course, I'm on Instagram, Mike L Sports 1979 The ML Sports Platter all under the Brawl Network, at Network Brawl. On Twitter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. Anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn the art of filmmaking with Spike Lee. Or how to bring your creative vision to life with Issa Rae. Try songwriting with Alicia Keys and cooking with Gordon Ramsay. The possibilities are endless. With over 100 world-class instructors ready to teach you, that thing you always wanted to do is closer than you think. Get 15% off your annual membership today at masterclass.com save. That's masterclass.com save. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.